So my friends, on this Sunday, uh, between Christmas and the octave day of Christmas, the Solemnity of Mary, the Mother of God, which we celebrate tomorrow, also New Year's Day, um, we celebrate this Solemnity of the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and that this is our continued unboxing of the Christmas gift. We received a tremendous gift at celebrating the birth of our Savior and proclaiming uh, our faith in the incarnation of the Son of God. That's a good vocab word for today, right? The incarnation that God became man. Uh, And so we need to, though, keep unpacking that, right? Got to fiddle with it, play with it a little, see what it means. Just like people do that with some Christmas gifts, right? Keep playing with it. You fiddle with it. Uh, And so we unpack what we've received. And what we received is that God entered into our human condition. He took upon himself all of the aspects of human life except sin. And that we believe theologically that anything that Jesus assumed, right? Anything that God took to himself, he sanctified. He made it holy. And he made it, therefore, a path to holiness. Because now we can do all of these things, not just for their own sake, but we can do them in imitation of Christ and in union with Christ. And so that means that family life, right? Jesus entered into family life the family of Joseph and Mary, and in doing that, he sanctified family life. He made it, specifically in living the virtues of family life, he made it a path of salvation, a way to live holiness. The family is very present in salvation history. St. John Paul II said, Salvation passes by way of the family. It's families. It's families in the Bible. It's at the four o'clock mass uh, for Christmas Eve. We read the genealogy of Jesus, right? The big human family into which God enters. And that big human family is far from perfect, right? There's a lot of uh, brokenness. There's a lot of sin. There's a lot of dysfunction. Uh, But even in that, God enters into not just like some uh, plaster family, right? We're going to just make a picture and uh, it'll all be leave it to beaver, right? Like, no, God enters into a real human family. Now, his immediate family was Our Lady, who was immaculately conceived uh, and free from all sin, and St. Joseph, who was a righteous and just man. But family life, as God entered into it and taking all family situations unto himself, is now a means for holiness. And it's specifically in living the virtues of family life that we can find great holiness. Right now, because God entered into a family, all the ways that we live family life can be means for growing in holiness. And so as Christians, it's not like we have our holiness here in church. And then like what I do in my house is my own business and separated from that. Like, no, 
we are made holy in Christ Jesus. And so it's specifically in our homes, in our families, that we're called to strive for holiness. And we're called to make and live holiness in our families, right? So we can live holiness by being a good husband or wife, by being a good son or daughter, by being a good mother or father, brother or sister, specifically in doing that, in living that, now in union with Jesus, that it becomes the vehicle for holy nights. Family life has to be sanctified. And it's in that family life that that's kind of the, that's the stuff of like, we, we come to church and we pray, we're nourished by the word of God and by the Holy Eucharist. And then that growth in holiness is meant to then be extended and lived in the world and in our families. We are kind of, I frequently have to fill up my car with gas, right? And I don't just like, hey, fill up the car with gas. I'm going to hang out at the gas station all day. Like, no, you fill up the car, you get filled up, and then you go. You go to wherever you can. That's the purpose. We're here, we worship. This is the source and the summit of our holiness, the holy sacrifice of the mass. But then we go, we go, we go out and we live that holiness. And today, looking particularly in family life, what does it look like? Like, what does it look like to be a holy family, right? We actually, we want that as a parish. As a parish, we want to be a holy parish. I think I said what it was two weeks ago on Gaudete Sunday that I said, I want people to describe our parish as joyful or holy. One of those adjectives. Two weeks ago, we focused on joyful. Today, like what do we really want? What's the, what's the depth? Holiness. A joy that flows from real holiness. I was praying about that this week. This week I was, I was praying and I'm like, every so often it's good to just get back to what's the point of it all? right? What's the point? I, it wasn't that bad of a week, but like, what's the point? Like, why are we doing this? Um, what, what's the goal? Like, what's the goal? Why do we do all of this? It's not just that our role is to keep these buildings well-maintained, right? That we are, we are a community of building maintainers, right? No, that's not the goal. Um, it's important, Right? This week we had two furnaces that stopped working, so that was a bit of an issue. Winter is coming. Um, but, like, no, we're not just about maintaining properties. And we're not just about making money, right? That's, what's the goal? You're a good pastor. If you have the biggest Christmas collection in the whole Archdiocese of Hartford, no. Making, our goal is not making money, right? And it's not just getting more and more people, right? It's not just, you're, what's the goal? Have more people than any other church. That, I mean, that's a good, it's a means to an end. Why do we even want people here? What's the goal? Holiness. Why are we here? Why do you come here on a Sunday? Holiness. What do we want to live? Holiness. What should be the effect of all of this? Holiness, right? That's the goal. So that someone who comes to visit our parish, the adjective that they could use could be joyful, great, but at the root of it is holiness. That this is a holy group of people. 
We live radical holy. That's the success. That's the goal. That's what winning looks like. To be holy. To be in union with God. And that, not just for a parish family, but for every Christian family. Above all things, that should be the goal. Not just maintaining a good home, not just having a lot of money, not just being successful in a worldly sense. For every Christian family, the goal is holiness. To be holy. Ideally, every person that encounters one of our families will say they are holy. That family, they live holiness. They live radical holiness. And what does that even look like, right? Holiness is a great word that we can say. It's like, what does it even look like? And it's not like, oh, go over someone's house for dinner because they're a holy family. And what are we going to do? Well, you get there and it's silence. No one talks, especially not the children. No talking, right? No noise. We're going to pray all 20 decades of the rosary and then the whole liturgy of the hours. And then our blessing before dinner is going to be like 45 minutes long. And again, no talking because it's silence and yeah, holiness, right? No, holiness is not looking like a monastery. It's good for monks to do all that stuff. We, in our families, in our homes, we live holiness by doing everything we do out of love for God. There should be prayer. There should be times of prayer. It's good for families to pray, for example, the rosary together, right? It's good to pray the rosary. It's good to pray together before meals. It's good to do those things. But a holiness in the family is lived in everything we do, doing it for love of God. Every little thing. We can do everything out of love for God. And love as more than an emotion that I experience love and it's an emotion. Love is a choice. It's a decision. And because of that, it's something we can actually, each of us, get better at. Right? We can be better at loving. We can love in a way that's more selfless, that's more attentive, that really cares in a deeper way. We can get better at loving. And in that, we live greater holiness. And so as we love our spouse, as we love our children, as we love our parents, and we do these acts of love and service, and we do them for the glory of God, we live the virtues of family life. And then our families become the, the location, the place where real holiness grows. But even in the midst of all of that too, and that, that's, a, that's beautiful, okay, to do that, right? But then even with all of our perfect planning and all of our effort and of all of our loves, brokenness can still enter in. And each one of us as human beings is afflicted with a desire, a temptation towards sin. And so even as we're trying, we could still do wrong things. And families and family life and the normal way of family life can break at times. And in that, it's not, it's a failure, abandon the whole project. But no, when there's brokenness, when there's sadness, when there's loss, 
even in the midst of that, Jesus doesn't just enter into, again, a picture-perfect thing. From the very beginning here, as they brought the child Jesus, right? Here's the young holy family. Forty days after childbirth, they brought Jesus to the temple. And Simeon says, this child is destined for the fall and the rise of many in Israel. And he will be a sign that will be contradicted. Right from the beginning, the cross is present. And so God, we can unite even the brokenness and the pain and the sadness and the loss right from the beginning. This child is a sign that will be contradicted. And saying to, again, the new mom, Mary, and you yourself, a sword will pierce. So the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Our Lady, standing sorrowful as she watches her son be cruelly put to death on the cross just 33 years after this. And that's why the image of the Immaculate Heart of Mary has a sword piercing Mary's Immaculate Heart. The, the sadness, the loss, the injustice of the whole thing. In that, again, we can be united with the Holy Family. That even in the brokenness and even in the loss, we are there in union with God. And now it's not so much sharing the joys, but sharing the tears and sharing the suffering and knowing that Jesus entering into our human family, he bears that with us. Here's the last point. That all of this is meant to point us to the fact that in Christmas, in the incarnation vocab word, we, we become part of God's family. We're going to celebrate next, not next Sunday, next Monday, the feast of the baptism of the Lord, right? That Jesus is baptized, and when we are baptized, we're baptized into the family of the children of God. And so now it's not just our physical family, it's not just our parish family, but we are part of the family of the children of God. That we are each of us invited. God makes a covenant with us which is family by choice. God chooses us to be in his family out of love for us. We become part of the family of the children of God. And so as we celebrate the Holy Family, all the virtues of our family life are meant to prepare us, prepare us to encounter God, right? And so in the Mass, we pray, right, that the Lord may gather his children scattered throughout the world. We pray uh, that as Christ, as the Father gathered this family before him, we pray, of course, all of us together. We pray that our Father, as the family of the children of God, we together talk to our Father God, right? The family life. And so, my friends, these are, this is the unpacking of the Christmas gift. This is what God has given us in Christmas. And so we should, each of us, try. We should be, we should renew our effort to live the virtues of family life, to really see that as the arena of radical holiness, the goal of the whole thing, so that we can live united as brothers and sisters of Christ and then attain one day in heaven the full glory of the family of the children of God.